Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Power is one of the most important things that helps our world run. And I'm not talking about power like the people who make decisions, although that's a part of the story. I'm talking about basic electricity, the stuff that turns on and off. PG&E says power's back on for tens of thousands of Northern California residents. The company turned off the electricity because last year, when fires ripped through the state, it didn't. I think it's important because people died last year and we're still sort of grappling with how to prevent that from happening again. It's important because the questions that have been raised continue to come up. And if your power's out, you know why it's important. Today, how last year's fires forced change at PG&E. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. After PG&E's gas lines blew up a neighborhood in San Bruno, killing eight people, they are considered a felon. Marisa Lagos is with KQED's Politics and Government Desk. When the San Bruno pipeline exploded back in 2010, Marisa was reporting with the San Francisco Chronicle. She was one of the first reporters on scene. A giant fireball there last night, just around dinner time. Dozens of homes destroyed after a huge explosion last night. It was apparently caused by a broken gas line. It happened in a San Francisco suburb. That was the biggest mark on PG&E. Then last year, 44 people died in the wildfires in Northern California. And people were looking at PG&E. Almost immediately, there was questions about whether or not power lines could have started them. Have power lines down. Power pole. Electrical power lines down. Five power lines rolling over the street right here. Regardless of whether or not PG&E started these fires, and they did start a lot of them, we started, and other folks, to be fair, started asking questions about did the utility, once the fires began, act responsibly? Investigators are still far from naming a cause of the devastating wildfires, but that hasn't stopped two homeowners from pointing the finger at PG&E. Twelve additional victims filed suit against PG&E here today, a number that is almost certain to rise. Should they have powered down entire swaths of the grid?
Marisa says these questions about powering down the grid started even before the deadly fires last year. And one of the reasons this came up is that some of the Southern California utilities, including San Diego Gas and Electric and Southern California Edison, started doing this. Since 2013, San Diego Gas and Electric has preemptively shut down more than a dozen times. But it wasn't until June of this year that PG&E followed suit. PG&E has sent a letter to customers in these extreme high fire danger zones. It says when winds are high and conditions are ripe, the utility may cut off power temporarily, a preemptive strike to prevent wildfires. This policy came out after these massive fires in Northern California happened. Were they held accountable before these accidents happened? Well, they're supposed to be held accountable by the Public Utilities Commission. I'm also just going to kind of give you an update on what we've been doing in, in, in the, the major fires that have been burning. This is the state body that oversees any public utility, um, electric and gas. Cal Fire continues to have primary uh, jurisdiction over fire response and investigation of the cause, including security evidence. But our staff um, has been working directly with them in incident response in any investigation. You know, decides whether our rates as customers should go up. And that's usually based on the utility making an argument that they need to, say, put money into shoring up their gas lines, which they said they did before San Bruno. I mean, one of the reasons they're not just a felon, but they... Uh, faced an unprecedented amount of fines is that they had to actually rebate customers money that they said they had spent on safety improvements that they didn't spend on safety improvements. Oh, I had no idea. And I think that this gets to this issue of the structure of these utilities, right? You have something that we all rely on for the public good, the way, you know, we get our water, we pay the city. But they're also beholden to shareholders. Even though PG&E is a public utility, it's still a publicly traded company with shareholders who expect a return on their investment. I think what critics would say is that it gives this sort of perverse incentive to cut corners. This is not new, right? We saw with San Bruno that they had cut corners around testing and shoring up their gas lines. And if you talk to ratepayer advocates about the fires, they say that they're really frustrated by this idea that there's like a new normal and that somehow PG&E isn't to blame, that it's because of climate change. They're saying, look, there have been problems with their tree trimming program around power lines dating back decades. And it's funny because you said this all started with San Bruno. In some ways it didn't. There was a huge fire in Butte County. There was others in in years before San Bruno, but they weren't as big. And so people pay a lot more attention when an entire urban neighborhood blows up, you know, compared to a small fire in the foothills, even if somebody died. So what's the difference between what happened a year ago when PG&E didn't shut people's power off and what happened this week when they did shut people's power off? It really, you know was a result, I think, of the growing sort of political pressure on PG&E following the North Bay fires and the question of, like, why aren't you doing more to prevent this stuff? If someone has a responsibility to keep an area safe, keep it from igniting, that they do what they're supposed to do. From my perspective, there should be no safe corner for laxity on part of a utility. It's very clear that there is, um, the inmates are essentially running the asylum. You know, to some extent, this is certainly a safety decision, but it's also a PR move. It seems like they 
are being more aggressive. And this is a really big moment because this is something that they have declined to do in the past. Does that mean they were forced to make these changes because of public opinion and regulators? Or do you think that came from the shareholders? I think when your basic uh, ability to survive is being called into question based on last year's fires, you have a pretty big financial incentive to make sure that doesn't happen again. (laughs) Let's hope that the culture has gotten better, that they have changed the corporate culture so that safety is at the top of the heap instead of what we seem to have seen in the past where making money was the bigger concern. Marisa, thank you so much for staying on top of this. My pleasure. This was the first time PG&E shut off power to prevent fires. It likely will not be the last. So the November election is coming up, and KQED has been reporting like crazy to get you ready to vote. I just got my ballot in the mail, and I've been turning to KQED's Bay Curious podcast to learn more about the ballot measures that are often confusing and really hard to understand. Bay Curious makes it easy and actually makes it fun. You can find the show wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced by Ryan Levy, Marisol Medina-Cadena, and editor Vinny Tong. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay. Talk to you Friday. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfatah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.